folks, welcome back to another episode of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. This is actually the 184th episode that I've done of the podcast and is going to be the second to last one for the year. Uh, everyone at Canonical shuts down for a couple of weeks, including uh, Christmas and New Year. So yeah, looking forward to a bit of time off and then we will be back again with you all uh, after that. But more details on all of that uh, next week. So this week, though, we are going to go through a bunch of different vulnerabilities, in particular, uh, some updates for uh, SnapD that came out uh, last week, uh, some stuff in Linux kernel. Uh, we've also got uh, libxml2, uh, a CA certificates update for uh, some recent issues with uh, one upstream uh, certificate authority, Trust Core in particular. So yeah, we'll go into that. Uh, plus, I'm going to talk about a recent uh, keynote address that one of our team members, Mark Eslo, did at UbuCon Asia. So yeah, we will get into all of that. But first, let's do the usual roundup of security fixes that have gone into the Ubuntu release over the past week. So uh, up first, like I said, is this update for SnapD. This is for SnapD in Ubuntu releases from 16.04 extended security maintenance all the way through to our most recent 22.10 and the long-term support releases in between. Uh, this was actually a follow-up to an update that we did for SnapD more uh, towards the start of this year. Uh, I talked about that back in episode 149. It was an issue that was reported to us by Qualys in Snap Confine, which is the part of SnapD that helps set up the uh, confinement for a Snap. And yeah, it just set UID root to be able to do various privileged things as a result, like creating mount namespaces and the like. So as a result, being a privileged component are the kind of thing that's quite ripe for potential abuse. And uh, Snap Confine has been written quite defensively, but yeah, Qualys did find some issues then. And in the meantime, since those fixes went out, uh, they found actually an issue with one of those fixes then. I'm going to explain it a bit briefly here. They've got a really detailed uh, blog post about it that I've linked to in the show notes and a really good uh, write-up as well. So back earlier in the year, uh, like I said, Qualys reported a bunch of different vulnerabilities in SnapD to us and we fixed those. Uh, and part of that was in the way that Snap Confined creates the private temp area for each snap. So each snap that is strictly confined gets its own private uh, slash temp directory. And that's created under the system's real slash temp. And we do that uh, mainly just so that you get uh, actual usage of your real temp space by snaps as well. If we were to create that in some other location, that'd be using other parts of your disk or memory or other things that weren't accounted for in the normal temp uh, directory. And so, however, uh, the problem is that slash temp is world writable. And so it's trivial for a user to potentially mess with that directory where uh, SnapD and SnapConfine want to go and do now privileged things. In the case uh, that Qualys found previously, uh, they were able to place their own contents inside uh, slash temp because it uses a predictable name for the per temp uh, private temp directory. And so then they could put their own contents in there such that when Snap Confine went to go and then set up that uh, namespace, or that mount namespace essentially, they could use Snap Confine itself, which is set UID root to escalate their privileges to root as a result. Uh, and so part of the original fix then said, well, if users are going to try and create this directory that they know the name of, we'll go and look if they already have. And if they have, let's go and uh, move it out the way and you know create our own one there. Uh, and the problem with this, though, is that uh, the rename system call that we're using to do that is not atomic. Uh, there is a new rename at two system call that you can use with a particular flag that is can do that atomically, uh, which would have uh, meant that we could do that in a way without a race condition. However, that isn't available on all of the releases that we need to support. Things like uh, 16.04 uh, uses a much older version of glibc that doesn't support that. 
And so we had this code that would try to create this directory. Uh, if it already existed, it would look at the permissions. If the permissions were wrong, it was owned by the wrong user. It would go and try to move that out the way. But you know, as you can imagine, that can still be raced. And Qualys found a way essentially to win that race. So then they could go and inject their own content. And again, you know, in the same way they exploited it uh, nearly a year ago now, they were able to re-exploit that and essentially get root. Uh, the new fix, though, we thought was uh, we still want to try and use slash temp to be able to store uh, your you know person app private temps because we still want those same semantics that it uses your real temp uh, space in your system. So we now use systemd temp files to do that at boot. The idea is this runs really early at boot. There's no way that an unprivileged user can go and mess with this, and it goes and creates now a uh, like a kind of a root directory called uh, slash temp slash snap private temp, where then those per snap temp directories will be created. It creates this that's only private to root, so unprivileged users can't go and mess with that. And now SnapConfine's got a nice space that it can work in without worry that it's going to be interfered with by unprivileged users. And it means also that we can still use your actual temp directory uh, essentially for storing this stuff. But yeah, I do want to say thanks to Qualys as always. Uh, you know, really excellent team there doing really high quality work. Thanks to them for reporting this with us, uh, the back and forth, reviewing patches and that kind of thing as well. And thanks to the SnapD team for all their work as well, helping get this one out. Uh, what else? We had an update for LibTiff. Uh, I actually talked about this uh, last week. Um, so where we released it for our extended security maintenance release. Now it's available for long-term support releases as well. Uh, we had an update for uh, the Linux kernel after that. So we've got a heap of different kernel updates here. As always, thanks to the kernel team for those. Uh, I'm just going to point out a couple of the more high priority vulnerabilities here. One of these uh, I talked about last week, actually, which is in uh, the IOU ring subsystem. Uh, and this is a race condition there that could lead to privilege escalation again. Uh, and this was an update for our 5.15 kernel on the Azure uh, using full disk encryption. That's Azure Confidential Virtual Machines uh, systems there. What else? We had an update for the kernel in Ubuntu 22.10. Uh, that is uh, our 5.19 based kernel. In this case, there was a buffer overflow in NFSD, which is the in-kernel NFS implementation. Uh, this only does affect recent kernel versions or ones that had those other uh, fixes backported to them. Uh, but in this case, it would allow a remote client to trigger what was a stack buffer overflow and then potentially get code execution within the kernel and obviously then get you know, root code execution on your machine. Uh, we fixed that one as well uh, for kernels on uh, for a 5.15 kernel on 22.04 for long-term support, and that's also used as various kind of hardware enablement kernels on 20.04 for long-term support. Uh, so that vulnerability in NFSD, as well as one that I talked about last week, uh, which was uh, from Google Project Zero, Yarn Horn there, uh, in anonymous VMA mapping issue. Uh, yeah, as I discussed that briefly in last week's episode. Uh, but in the meantime, Google Project Zero have put out this really detailed blog post about how uh, they were able to exploit this vulnerability. Uh, it's called Bringing Back the Stack Attack. There's some real intricate details of how memory management within the kernel works. That's a really good read. Uh, we then had kernel updates for uh, a lot of our other releases as well. Uh, most of these included, again, that uh, anonymous VMA mapping issue from Jan Horn. Uh, what else have we got here? We've got an update for libbpf for our more recent releases, 22.04 long-term support and 22.10. Uh, two different heat buffer overflows here, uh, a memory leak. What else? The use after free and a null pointer dereference were all fixed there. Uh, libxml2 was updated similarly. Uh, this goes all the way back to 18.04 long-term support as well as 20.04, 22.04 long-term support and 22.10. A few different vulnerabilities here, including null pointer dereference. What have we got? Double free, out of bounds read. That was due to an integer overflow when parsing multi-gigabyte XML files. So if you are doing that now, you're a little bit safer. 
And uh, the other one that I wanted to go into some detail this week on was this update for CA certificates. So this is the package that essentially is the uh, certificate trust store on uh, all Ubuntu machines. It's used then by things like uh, OpenSSL and others to decide what uh, certificates to actually trust. So it's got a heap of different uh, certificate authority certificates there. And essentially if they exist within that, then your browser will trust them and it will happily connect to a server that has its own uh, certificate signed by one of those certificate authorities. There was a recent news report from Washington Post and others about how upstream Mozilla had essentially distrusted this uh, root certificate from TrustCore. Uh, upstream, essentially Mozilla marked this as distrusted after the 30th of November. What that means is that uh, they don't trust anything that had been signed by uh, that TrustCore certificate after that date. Uh, however, there is no such functionality in the way that we distribute certificates in Ubuntu and other distros really uh, to have that kind of, like, we're going to only distrust it after a particular date. So instead, we've gone and removed that uh, CA certificate entirely. So basically anything that TrustCore has signed or that those things have signed are now not going to be trusted. Uh, the reason this was done, you can go and read uh, the reporting from Washington Post, but the reason this was done is they appear to have quite close ties uh, and read that as potentially the same owners with other companies who have built spyware and other surveillance technologies and they've been quite evasive when being questioned about this uh, by the Certificate Authority Board. So uh, in choosing to uh, remove this, this means then potentially that things that you used to be able to connect to, won't, you won't be able to anymore or you know, they won't be trusted. Uh, but looking at the certificate transparency logs, uh, we can see that it's really only a few downstream sites that appear to be affected through this. In particular, uh, noip.com, which is a dynamic DNS provider. So there may be uh, some issues connecting to some of the domains that they operate, but otherwise there really isn't too much. So we don't expect a lot of fallout from this. Uh, but in particular, I want to say thanks to Yan C in the Ubuntu Security IRC channel for discussing this with the team. Uh, yeah, so it's always good uh, talking about these sorts of issues with our community, trying to understand, I guess, what their needs are and what their likely impact is or not. So yeah, if you want to discuss anything with us, as always, come and join us. We're in the IRC channel. I'll talk about that more later. Uh, what else? We had update for uh, GNU Bin Utils, U-Boot uh, and NumPy as well. And that is it for the week in security updates. Okay, so the other thing that I wanted to highlight this week is a recent keynote address that was given by one of our team members, Mark Esler, at uh, UbuCon Asia. So uh, UbuCon Asia is a conference that's held in Asia and it's focusing on Ubuntu, Linux and uh, free and open source software in general. Uh, this is the second time it's been held. Uh, the first time was last year and that was a fully virtual conference. This time uh, it was in person. It was in Seoul in South Korea and uh, it was also streamed as well, I believe. And uh, I've got a link as well in the show notes to uh, those sessions. You can go and uh, check it out on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, so Mark from our team, uh, he delivered the keynote address and Mark was talking essentially about how Canonical does security maintenance for Ubuntu and as well trying to give advice for how um, FOSS projects can better handle security vulnerabilities and better do security, how they can better coordinate with downstreams like Ubuntu and the like to help keep all users safe. So he goes into talking about how uh, we actually maintain stable versions of different pieces of uh, software within Ubuntu, uh, how we then backport security fixes on top of that, how we potentially handle any regressions, uh, how CVEs uh, do occur and how you know they're kind of normal part of software development, unfortunately, uh, but also going into some common uh, types of CVEs and the different examples of those. He also talks about how uh, vulnerability disclosure happens or what the process is there and how we're involved with that. And then he goes on to how the process of how we do software 
security patching for packages in Ubuntu, you know, patching of them, testing of them, releasing and the like, monitoring of them for any potential issues and uh, handling those as well. And then finally, goes into a bunch of advice for FOSS projects about how they can better handle security issues and work with the security community in that process. One of the big ones there is to make sure you have a security disclosure process uh, defined and uh, you know some well-established relationships within the community as well. So yeah, I've got a bunch of links in the show notes, uh, both to his uh, slides, which include the speaker notes if you want to read it, or if you want to go and watch the video, I've got a link to that on YouTube. Uh, Mark's presentation begins right at about the eight-minute mark. Uh, so yeah, I've got that in the show notes as well. Uh, it's a really interesting uh, presentation, and thanks to Mark for yeah going to Seoul and doing that and representing the team. Uh, awesome to have you there, mate. All right, so that takes us to the end of this week's episode. As I say, this is the uh, second to last one for the year. I'll be back again with you uh, next week. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in contact with the team, you can always email us at security.ubuntu.com or you can come and join us in the Ubuntu Security Channel on libera.chat on the IRC network and you can talk to us about CEO certificates or anything else security-related at Ubuntu that you might like. We're also on uh, Twitter at Ubuntu underscore sec and we're now on uh, Mastodon at Ubuntu Security at fosterdon.org as well. So yeah, come and chat to us on any of those platforms. We would love to uh, talk to you about Ubuntu and security wherever you are. Okay, so thanks everyone for listening again for another week. I will be back again with you all next week. But until then, remember, keep calm because we've got your back and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.